Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, Merry Christmas, everybody. It is cool to have Christmas on Christmas Eve. This is awesome. I I love being in the house of God Christmas Eve. Where else would you want to be? Come on. Let's give it up for Jesus. He's here. Anything can happen. If you're new to our community, maybe you're visiting, you're in from out of town. Every week we gather around a person named Jesus. Uh, We don't gather around principles. We don't gather around precepts. We don't gather around philosophies. We gather around a man named Jesus who is alive from the dead. Come on, somebody. He is God. He 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 is in us and he is with us and he walks amongst us and we believe that anything can happen from week to week. We're hearing stories about miracles and, and uh, just God doing amazing things. And today my prayer is that um, you'll know how much God knows you. You'll know how much God cares about the details of your life. Uh, we've been in a series called Great Joy and looking at just the Christmas season and we looked at joy just as God's people. Uh, we should be the, the happiest people on the planet, that God wants us happy. He wants us full of joy. He wants us full of life. And, um, and we looked at that week one. Last week, we looked at peace, just the reality that God wants you to have peace and that, that peace is, is Jesus. Jesus is peace. Uh, he is peace personified. And, uh, and so today, I'm going to look at grace. Jesus is grace personified. And a lot of times, grace to us is just this maybe sane or a greeting or kind of ethereal uh, subject. It's not really understood fully in what that means to us. And so I want to dig into just the gift of grace today. I'm going to be in Isaiah 9. Um, verse six, it says this, this is the Christmas verse. Isaiah is prophesying, uh, 900 years before the, the, before Jesus showed up. He's prophesying Isaiah, a a Jewish prophet from the old Testament is talking about, um, about a son being given a a son being born. And it's the darkest hour in history. And so he says a light will dawn in the darkness. Aren't you glad for light in the darkness? Come on, anybody, anybody, as you get older, you know, you, you've broken toes on furniture. It's dangerous going to the restroom at night. Come on, in, in the dark, things, you know, you get hurt in the dark. Thank God for light. And Isaiah says this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And, and, and get this, um, you, can, you can switch us in for me. Uh, unto me a child is born, unto me a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. I'm so thankful for that, especially going into 2024. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's talking about Jesus, a son given to you and me. And his title will be unto us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. All those are giving, given to you. My second verse today, Acts 20, uh, verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me, Paul speaking. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the finishing, the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And we've all got different jobs and different trainings and different backgrounds, but we all have an assignment And my life is worth nothing to me unless I complete the work God assigned to me to tell others about the wonderful grace of God. My title for today is simply The Wonderful Gift of God's Grace. The Wonderful Gift of God's Grace. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your grace. We didn't earn it. We can't deserve it. Um, There's nothing we could have done to buy it, to purchase it, to, to get it, God. But you decided in all of your bigness to come and put on humanity. And all of your bigness in the, in, the, 
in the galaxy somewhere, Lord, in the third heavens, you decided to cross the, plan, cross the universe and dwell among us. You decided, you decided to bridge the gap that we couldn't bridge. You, des, you decided to come, uh, come to us and reach us because we couldn't reach you. And in all of your bigness, you became a baby. You were born in a manger. Historically, Lord, you were putting yourself in the middle of a situation none of us could ever imagine. You put yourself on this planet and in all your bigness, you took on our smallness and lost none of your bigness. Thank you for being God today. Lord, would you let us see your grace today? Would you let us know you personally in a new way? In Jesus' name, amen? The wonderful grace of God. I am... Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a last minute Christmas shopper. Anybody uh, still shopping? Anybody still shopping? Come on, you're still shopping. Dang. Y'all, y'all, y'all better, I'm going I'm to keep y'all over in church today just to stress you out. I got to get to the mall. Uh, um, I, I shopped last week. I got all, all my done with a lot of time to spare, like one day. And so, um, and, I, and I, I, like, I'm a, I like giving gifts. I like to like, uh, to know what you like, to figure it out, to give you something that matters, to give you something that would go along with your style, your taste, your personality. Come on, you know, you ever, you've gotten the gifts that don't, they don't matter. It's like, ah, I don't, I'm not gonna use that. And I have some, a pastor of mine, I give all of our pastors, our overseers and the pastors and our board members different gifts. Ham and goodies, I send those around the country. Come on, ham and goodies. You can't go wrong with ham and goodies cookies. And, um, and then my pastor, uh, one of our overseers, uh, he has a family of seven. So they have five children. They have three girls and two boys. And um, then his wife, and I know, I know him very well. I don't know all of his family really well. I mean, I know them, I've met them, I've hung out, I've been to dinner with he and his wife, um, and, but I've kind of met their kids in passing. Their kids range in all different ages, up to, from college all the way down to like seven years old, I think, or it was what the youngest is, youngest seven or eight years old, um, I, I believe. I'm asking my wife, she has no idea. She doesn't know them well either, uh, their kids anyway. And so, but I wanted to give them something this year. Like, man, I wanted to, I wanted to give their family something. And last year, God put on my heart, to give his kids something. Because how do you know a lot of times pastors' kids are overlooked a little bit or their kids aren't thought of. And so I was like, I want to I want to bless their kids. And when people bless my kids, like you're my friend. You know, so I wanted to bless their kids. And so um, I began to do research a year ago about their kids' ages and what their kids liked. And so one of the guys in their church, who's kind of like a, um, one of the high leaders and friends of his family, I, call, I text him. I was like, hey, what are, all, what are his kids like? And he sent me this list of the different kids and what they like. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to get them this year. They're going to open it up, and it's going to be what they like. And um, so I'm doing a little, little reconnaissance. You know what I'm talking about? And so, as I, but, but here's the deal, like that was a year ago. And so when I opened the list back up this year, I began to look through the things I'm like, but I don't even know this, this is a year ago. Like they're older now and I don't know their sizes and I really don't know what they like. And this is a little bit vague and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to buy them. So I'm going to the mall last minute and running through different stores and trying to get stuff for the boys and trying to get stuff for the girls. And I go to lids to get hats for them, but I don't know their sizes of their heads and it's not one size fits all. And so I'm, I'm opening up pictures of their family, trying to see how big their kids heads are. I'm like, is this going to fit? I'm showing the guy at the, at the, at the store. Like, do you think this is going to work? He's like, dude, good luck. And then I'm going to the store for the girls to shop for girls, teenage girls that you don't know. I'm like, God, help me. Give me grace. Show up on the scene. I go into the store. I'm buying, I'm buying like, I just, I go to the altered state. It's a store in the mall. I've got like, I've got you know, just different cups and, and different things, you know, sippy cups and bracelets and devotional books and 
I got towels for his wife that say little sayings on them. And I'm getting that and I'm trying to figure out what to get for her. And then I got buying hats for the girls. I'm like, is it going to fit their heads? And then, and then the youngest girl last year, they said she like stuffed animals and little crafty things and little toys. And I'll go to, I'll go to Bradley's and I've got little, like little bunnies and little fox earmuffs and little puzzles. And I'm like, and then I get it all home and I'm looking at it at the table and I put it in this box and I'm like, they're not going to like any of this stuff. This is so random. It was so random. I'm like, I don't know these people good enough to put all, and like, that was a year ago that girl liked stuffed animals. I looked at her picture. She's like a year older. She looks like she's in college now. I'm like, she's not going to want fox earmuffs. I was like, babe, I can't send them all. I took it all out of the box. I just left some cool hats and the ham and goodies. Come on, I can't go wrong with cool hats and ham and goodies. The reality is when it comes to the grace of God, many of you think that God's just handing out this generic smorgasbord of grace and it's just, it's just like this, this generic thing over your life and it's not really detailed to you or doesn't really match your stage or your age or what you want or what you're going through or the job you need or the calling you have or the purpose on your family or your children's names or their sizes or their, or their design or their creation or their creativity. You think it's just this generic thing. So, so much so that you've bought into the statement and we all say it, he's the reason for the season. It's not about you. He's the reason for the season. Oh, he's the reason for the season. Sounds all neat. But I would say, I beg to differ. I don't think he's the reason for the season. I think you are. I think that when God came to the planet, unto you a child was given. Unto you a son was born. Unto you a God crossed the universe to know your proclivities and your preferences. Unto you a God is looking and hearing and answering and asking and talking with you to find your age and your stage and your need and your design and your cares and your wants and your concerns and the things he's not putting some random gifts into a box and shoving them down your throat this year. He has a specific design. He knows why he saved you, what he saved you from, what he saved you for. And I would just propose, I get it. It's not about the material and the materialistic things and all that, but it is about you. It is about you this season. Jesus is about you. His gift of grace is to you this year. It's about you. We sound super spiritual and all holy. It's not about me. It's just not about me. It is about you. He wants you to receive his gift of grace. Two supernatural gifts of grace that I've just seen in the last two weeks. My good friend Jordan over here, he, we work out together and he ripped his bicep off the bone back in August. He was trying to out curl me. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He can't do, he can't do that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He's so strong. He's so much stronger than me. And then here, here's the thing. We, we were, he, he was pulling a couch out of a house that he was renovating and selling, and, he, and, and the couch was attached to a bungee cord, so when he pulled it, it pulled back and snapped his bicep off the bone. 
He went and got an MRI and it was torn. And like us guys do, we didn't go get the surgery. He didn't go get the surgery. So he decided to keep working out, but just lightly. And so then he went and the doctor was like, man, what are you doing? And then he, he, he went back to another doctor and the doctor uh, was a specialist. And he looked at it. He's like, you're, you're still working out? He's like, lightly. He's like, you're an idiot. Because you shouldn't be working out. I was like, man, I told you don't work out. And, and literally, um, they got this specialized MRI. The doctor's like, we don't know if we can repair it. And he and I were praying, God, would you just repair it? Would you do, uh, would you just, would you just do something? Like, we hope, hopefully just you can repair it. Because they didn't know if they could do surgery. Could it, be, it had been so long. He went into the second MRI guy and the guy, you know, went, did the MRI. He went in and he calls me from his car. He says, I don't even know what to say to you. I just walked out and the doctor told me, I don't know what to say to you, but Merry Christmas. Your, your, your tendon is totally attached to the bone and you need no surgery. I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying grace is specific. Grace knows your, your need. Grace knows your prayer. Grace, grace isn't just a word. It's, it's personified. It's him being involved in your life. Another young lady goes to our church. She's on one of our serve teams. Single mom struggling. Her car got broke or wrecked and it broke down and she doesn't have a car. She came to me in the lobby at the Christmas mall. She said, man, I really want to serve. I really want to be a part. I really, I hate missing production. I love doing that. My car's messed up. She goes, I got a little money saved for it. And, and I just, and then I went home and I just started praying. The Lord's like, hey, let the church buy, help buy her that car. And in, in, in two days, you guys help purchase a car for a single mom now that has a car for Christmas because she wants to serve church. I just, that's, that, listen, that's just a story of grace. That's grace. That's receiving the gift of grace. Christmas is about you. Christmas is about what you need. It is about what you're going through. It is about what you're facing. It is about what you're asking God for. It is about you. Unto me, a child was born. Unto you, a son was given. And I want you to open up. That changes everything. If it's really about me, I'm not talking about being selfish with it, but I'm talking about, God, thank you for thinking of me. Galatians 2.21, Paul says, I do not set aside the grace of God. I don't set this aside, for if righteousness comes through the law, if it comes through what I can do or what I can earn or what I can deserve, then Christ died in vain. No, 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 this is a wonderful gift of grace that never quits giving. It's called Jesus. And there's three ways that we relate to grace. I'm going to relate them to my kids and how my children open presents. And uh, my oldest son was in the first service, and he kind of probably felt thrown under the bus. My daughter's in this service. And so um, I'm going to share a story. My three children, they opened presents throughout their life in very different ways. Uh, they, were, they had a very unique personality on how they opened gifts. Come on, anybody have kids? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, they, there's different ways. My daughter... Um, three types of openers. She was the first one. She was my, 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 um, my youngest. And she, we call her, I call her the careful opener. She was careful. Not, I don't know about it anymore. Uh, but, but back when she was growing up, when she was, you know, six, seven, young, a young, a young little girl, she was so careful the, she was one of those people that had to keep all the wrapping paper intact. Anybody in here? Wrapping paper is meant to be recycled, disposed of, thrown up, put into a trash bag. It's not meant to be wrinkled and given the next year, okay? Your wrinkly paper, take home somewhere. Throw your wrinkly paper in the trash, somebody. Here, here's the thing. She would be so worried. She would be so careful trying to get the tape just right, trying to open it. She wanted to be proper and pristine and, and save the wrapping paper and do all that. And if she ripped it, if, it, if anything happened wrong to the paper, she just went into a spiral. She would get upset. She would begin to cry. She would be, Christmas was over. She wouldn't even move on to the other gifts. She'd get stuck on that. I don't know if she remembers it, but she would get stuck, and I'd be like, it's, and her and her mom would be like, it's, we'd be like, it's okay, it's okay. It's just the paper. It's not the point of the gifts. There's, other, there's plenty of gifts. You can move on. Like, we can keep talking. She would just cut off communication, not talking. Like, we can talk. It's okay. 
Some of y'all dealing with grace, you feel like you have to do it just right, just perfect. You gotta get all of it right. You can't rip anything. You can't make any mistakes. And with God, you think, I gotta do everything just right. You have to be so careful when it comes to your walk with God and you're on eggshells every day and you're always worried, worried if he's happy or if, you're, if you did it right or you did it wrong and you just, you just are so careful with grace. The reality is, come on, it's more about him than it is about you. And, and that, that you, you, you don't have to be like that when it comes to grace, that there's an abundance of grace that God gave you and I, and that, that sometimes you put these perfectionistic standards on yourself and you also put them on others. And then, and then you think if that doesn't happen right, then you shut down communication with God or with the people that don't perform the way you think they should or the way you think you and God relate. And so now the communication ties are stopped. And I just want to encourage you, like, you, you can keep talking to God. Paul said this, Acts 20, 32. I love this verse. It says, now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace, listen to this, that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Paul says, I entrust you to the grace that's able to build you up. The only thing that can build you up is his grace. The only thing that can make you stronger is his grace. The only thing that can make you more confident is his grace. That can make you more, the more secure is his grace. Paul says, I entrust you to his grace that can build you up. Not your performance, not how good you did, not how many times you went to church, not, not how many rules you kept or how little you ripped the package of life, messing things up, not, not, not any of that. Paul says, I commit you to his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. If you've been set apart for God, there's a message of grace that you've been entrusted to grace. I need grace. I need nothing else to build me. I, I need the grace of God. It's okay to have the grace of God and it's okay for the grace of God to make me okay. Let me, let me say it this way. It's okay for you to be okay. It's the grace of God that makes me strong and built up and it's okay for you to be okay. In a society where there's a diagnosis for everything, everyone's angry, hurt, mad, victimized, prescribed, diagnosed. Satan wants to tell you that you have 52 things that can't be healed. <laughs> and this is your lot in life. It's okay for you to be okay. And I just want to set you free from having to cling to something that isn't yours. And that you would cling to the grace of God. That you would cling to what Jesus says about you and who you are and that his gift is grace. Please hear me. You don't work for God's love. You work from God's love. And I work from God's love. So many people are trying to strive and earn it. John 1, 16 through 17 and of his fullness, we have all received. Come on, not from my fullness, not from my ability. From his fullness, we've all received. And grace for grace, that God deals with you one gracious act upon one gracious act upon one provision after another provision after another goodness after another goodness after blessing after blessing after blessing. That's how God deals with me and my life. Out of the fullness, we've all received of God. If you're a careful opener, I'd just ask you this. Rely on abundant grace again. Rely on abundant grace again. If you've been relying on your performance and how you do it, would you just take a step back and say, you know what, I rely on abundant grace. The second opener, my son, my second born named Jude, uh, he was the casual opener. He was casual with Mr. Distracted. Come on, he would open one gift, go to the next gift. Open one gift, go to the next gift. Open one gift, go to the next gift. Never, no time with any gifts. Come on, anybody see people open gifts like that? Like you just, you just stuck in a pile of gifts thinking you didn't even get Christmas. 
He would get so distracted, he would just go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then all of a sudden, we're like, he would get to the end of it and he'd be depressed. Everybody's enjoying their Christmas and opening presents and, 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 and looking at it and going, wow. He's looking around going, what? I didn't get nothing good. The reality is many of you, sometimes if you're casual with grace, you're going, what's the next thing? And 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 what's the next thing? And, and, and what's the next church? And what's the next revelation from God? And what's the next power move of God? And what's the next revival? And what's the, ne- what's the next? What's the next? And God's saying, I've given you everything. And sometimes you look around at people enjoying their life in Christ and just living for God and loving their family and doing what they do and going to work and raising their kids and being a good mom and a good dad and a good neighbor and a good friend. And you're like, man, what's, I need more of God. I need more. God, you exhaust me. You're exhausted. And here's why. Because you've been casual with the grace you've been given. You don't see the abundance of it and the, the all-consuming gift of it. And so it's like, what's next? I need more. And some of you are feeling like, man, I didn't really get all that great gift because I call it grace deficit disorder. <laughs> you forgot all God did, all he gave you. Look what it says in Colossians 2.9. It says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Listen to that. We just don't know what God looks like and we just can't know God. And can I tell you the mystery's over? You can know what he looks like. You can know who he is fully, fully, fully. You can fully know God. He's too mysterious. He's too, no, he's not. He's not beyond you knowing. It says it right there for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. There's no mystery. Verse 10, so you also, listen to this, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. One translation says, and you've been given fullness. I just need more, just need more. No, you've been given fullness. Everything God wants to give you, he's given you in Jesus. Everything you need is in Jesus. All the grace, all the goodness, all the blessing, it's all in Jesus. Second Peter 1, 3, it says, and his divine power is given to us all things, not some things, Not when I'm just doing well, not when I've got it all together and serving God perfect. No, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Man, you've got everything you need. Don't, I'm just encouraging you, don't run through the gifts and the things God's put in your life for the next thing. Grace is not the next thing, it's the greatest thing. God, thank you for the grace in my life and what you've done up to this point. I'm gonna believe you. Yes, I wanna serve you. I wanna hear your voice. I'm gonna go into a new year going, God, what do you have for me? Where, what do, I know you're about me and I'm about you. And so we're in this together. Yes, God, I'm following you, but, but God, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm satisfied. I'm not just looking for the next thing. As a father, when my kids enjoy my gifts, when my kids look at them and interact with them, it brings me pleasure to see my children enjoying and relishing and, 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 and receiving the gifts I give them. We say, it's not about you. Well, when I pick a gift for you, it's about you. What father would not pick a gift and try to bless his children if it wasn't about them? I want to encourage you. Some of you have quit thinking and understanding that God wants to be engaged in your life. And the last one, the third type, if, you, if you've kind of got casual with grace, I'd ask you, just refocus on amazing grace. Just, just say, okay, God, I'm going to refocus on all the things that you've done in my life. And then lastly, my, my oldest child, uh, we called him the careless opener. He was the destroyer of gifts. A little ADD. Uh, we got a little ADD in the family. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and he, he would be, I don't know, he'd get hijacked on, 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 on sugar and just, just, uh, just ripping through gifts. Like there's just a pile of mayhem around him. Just, ah. 
and we're so much so like, is he, he just, I mean, he just get hijacked. He's like, yeah, running through Christmas trees and stuff. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all, I'm seeing some families right here looking. That's our kid. Y'all just had some names of your kid go through your head. And what, his mom and I would actually have to slow him down. Hey, son, you're going to break what's in the box. There's something valuable in there, like slow down, just slow down, just slow down. And, and as he would slow down and he'd begin to open the box, he would begin to see the value of what was on the inside. And, and it would actually begin to change how he interacted with the gift. It would change how he opened up and how he behaved. But when he began to see the value of what was inside, many, many of you are just ripping through life, ripping through grace, living however you want. Your own rules, the pain, the path, the mayhem, and, you're, and, and you're, you're just ripping through it. Hear, hear me, what you need to do and what I need to do, it's not that my son didn't care about the gift. He didn't care for the gift. It's not that you don't care about grace. You're not caring for grace. And usually when you don't understand the value of something, then you mistreat it or you don't value it. And I would just encourage you, like if you keep finding yourself in kind of a pattern of life and you're like, man, I wish I could change, but I can't. I'm just asking you, would you actually just begin to actually refocus and understand the amazing value, realize the amazing value of grace, of what it cost him and what he paid for? And that you would begin, when, I, when my kids would leave a bike out in the rain, it's because it's not that they didn't care about the bike, it's they didn't value it the same as me because I paid for it. And the reality is you can't change you, you can't fix you, all you can do is actually surrender to the gift of grace and, and to all the behaviors that I have in my life and that you have in your life that sometimes we just rip through the packaging and keep going. What I would say, and we're, and we're careless with, it's the careless opener. We get careless with grace. If you, if, if you find yourself being careless with grace and you need to slow down and you need the father to talk to you and go, you know what? There's so much value in there. I'm asking you, when did you actually surrender your heart to Jesus to let him be the throne on the throne of your life. He's not gonna share the throne with anybody. I went to church for years and didn't change. I wanted to change, I wanted to live different. I couldn't. It's because I was still the master of my own destiny, the master of my own heart. He's just waiting for permission to change you. He, he does the work from the inside out. The Bible says he actually works to do his power and his goodwill on the inside of you to give you the desire to even wanna do that. It's, not, it's no longer am I looking inward, I'm looking upward. Some of you are looking inward so much and you keep going through the same behaviors and God's saying, I wish you'd just take your eyes off yourself and look upward and watch what I can do in your life. Romans 5.20 says this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but I, I, I love this. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. As my son ripped through the packaging more and more, as he began to, to, to violently destroy Christmas, <laughs> the grace became more and more evident as his mother and I said, hey, hey, there's something of value here. And then all of a sudden he began to change. Sometimes people hear the message of grace and think it's permission to go do whatever you want. That's not what I'm saying, but I would say you have to focus on grace in order to become who you wanna be. You have to focus on the goodness and the grace of God. Let me read you a commentary. I'm gonna ask you, just refocus on the astonishing value of grace. Here's what a commentary, a commentator said about the prodigal son when it, came, when it comes to grace. Um, if, you're, if you find yourself in a boat where you just can't live how you wanna live, I've been there. Uh, uh, this is for you. This is 
for me. This is for us. You're worried about permissiveness, about the way the preaching of grace seems to say it's okay to do all kinds of terrible things as long as you just walk in afterward and take the free gift of God's forgiveness. While you and I may be worried about seeming to give permission, Jesus apparently wasn't. He wasn't afraid of giving the prodigal son a kiss instead of a lecture, a party instead of probation. And he proved that by bringing in the elder brother at the end of the story and having him raise all the same concerns that you and I do. He's angry about the party. He complains that his father is lowering standards and ignoring virtue, the music, the dancing, the fatted calf. In effect, just so many permissions to break the law. And to that, Jesus has the father say one and only thing. Cut that out. We're not playing good boys and bad boys anymore. Your brother was dead and he's alive again. The name of the game from now on is resurrection, not bookkeeping. Come on. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that the grace of God and the goodness of his grace keeps showing up when I don't have it right, when I'm being careless with it. Romans 6.1, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show more and more of his wonderful grace? No, Paul says. Verse 14, sin is no longer your master. If you no longer live under the requirements of the law, instead you live under the freedom of God's grace. I'm just asking, would you just respond to grace today? Whether you're, whether you're a careful opener and you're worried about everything and you can't make a move or you're casual with it and you need more or you're careless with it and you're like just running through life. Just ask you to respond to his grace today. Just respond. What does that mean? I don't know what that means for you. You do. I've been to wedding showers and baby showers. I don't go because of how people treat the gifts. They put them in a circle and go, ooh, ah, ooh, and they pass it around. The girls do that. The guys don't do that. We didn't invent that game. <laughs> Ladies, that's why men don't want to go to the showers because y'all pass the gifts in a circle. We just saw somebody open it. Now you're like, ooh, ah, and it's just, we just oohed and ah like 15 times around the circle. Maybe that's what you need to do with the grace of God today. You just need to respond. Maybe like, God, thank you. Wow. Maybe driving home today, this is your family and your kids and your health. And God, I don't need another thing. I don't need the next thing. I, I'm thankful for the grace. You made it about me. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're scared to ask God again. Let me say, God gave me an assignment. There's people in this room. You've quit thinking that you can ask him because you feel selfish. You've heard so long that you're not the reason for the season. He is. And so you've actually quit hoping, quit asking, quit believing that you could even worry about your own needs. God's saying, I'm putting together a gift basket that matches you. Unto you, a child was born. Unto you, grace has been given. Unto you, a son is given. I went to a cross for you. I died for you. I gave my life for you. Maybe you're shouting in the wrong direction. Those two little boys that went and sat on Santa's lap. One boy starts screaming what he wanted to Santa. The other boy said, Santa's not deaf. He goes, I know, but grandma is. <laughs> maybe, maybe you've been shouting in the wrong direction. Maybe it's time to like really begin to shout out to him. Maybe you need to look up and not in. I just want to pray for you today. Believe that you'd open the gift of grace and just receive it. Father, thank you for your gift, the gift you gave us at Christmas. Jesus, you're so worthy. We, we know that you made it about us so that we could make it about you, so that we could make it about others, so that we could give away the grace you've given us. You've showered us with so much. Lord, I think about the planet and what it's going through. God, thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for what you've entrusted to us. Thank you for what you've spoken to us. Lord, 
Thank you. If you're in this room, no one looking around just for a second. If you say, you know what, Pastor, I've quit believing, quit hoping. I've felt selfish to even worry about my needs and wants. You've taken care of everybody else and you've overlooked thinking that God would want to put a gift basket together for you. If that's you, I want to pray for you today. Would you just slip your hand to me and say, Pastor, I've kinda, I need to believe again, hope again, dream again about me. Come on, it's about you. Would you put your hand up? No one looking around. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your courage. It's not selfish. Father, you know every, every need, every, every minute detail of each individual's life in this room and the weight they carry and the concerns they hold and what we're going to walk into this week and Christmas and all the desires and the concerns of 2024. God, would you put it together for them? Thank you for being so personal. And then if you're in this room or you're watching online and maybe, you've, maybe you need a fresh start with God this Christmas. Maybe you feel like you're away from God or you've messed up too bad or you've cut off communication because you weren't careful enough. Maybe find yourself just distant from God. The Bible says if you would just surrender to Jesus, not, not anything you can do, but just say, you know what, Jesus, would you be the Lord of my life? Would you lead my life? The Bible says you get a fresh start in God if you want that. No one looking around. If you're watching online right now and you need a fresh start with Jesus today, what a better day. No better day than today, Christmas. Just type in fresh start. The Bible says if you Believe on Jesus in your heart and confess him with your mouth. You shall be saved. Come on, we need it saved. Saved from our sin, saved from ourself. And he rose from the dead. He died for my sin and your sin and rose from the dead to prove that he is God. It's fact. Defeated hell, defeated sin, defeated death, defeated the grave to prove to me that he's worthy to be followed and worthy to be worshiped. If you're in this room, you say, you know what? I need a fresh start. I'm on, if you're online, you need a fresh start. Type in fresh start. If you're in the room, look, nobody looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just slip your hand up to me right now boldly. Pastor, I need a fresh start today. Christmas Eve, I need a fresh start with God. Put it up high so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start with God today. Awesome. Thank you for your courage. Awesome. I see that. Thank you for your boldness. I'm not talking about church or religion. I'm talking about the grace of God, what he did for you and I that only he could do. If you need a fresh start, just give you another second. Anybody else? I need a fresh start. Pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. I need a fresh start. Awesome. Come on, church. Several hands across the room. I'm just going to pray a prayer. You can pray this with me. If you're watching online, pray this prayer right, right there where you are. And then if you didn't put your hand up but need to, come on, put your heart up right now in this prayer with me. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you came to this planet. You lived perfect. You lived sinless. You lived as a man and as God. That you took my sin on that cross. You took what I deserved, my punishment, my shame. You took my rebellion, my waywardness, all the things, all have gone astray. You took all that. I turned from that old life, my own ways, being my own God. I believe that you are God and you rose from the dead. I believe it. I ask you to be the Lord and the leader of my life the rest of my days. In Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God a loud shout of praise in this room. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.